Grambling Volleyball's new head coach is caught up in some controversy, and she ain't even coached a game yet. Virginia State adds three new sports to his program. And we have our feature Friday, because y'all know what today is. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day, every day. And Grambling Volleyball don't have any players. Literally, like I'm not speaking figuratively. I'm not saying in the sense of, oh, yeah, they ain't really got the squad over there. They ain't no good. There's no quality players. No, I mean, literally, Grambling Volleyball does not have any players. You go to the roster, blank. I couldn't believe it. And this is all because it's a development story, and, and we're following it as it goes. But this is all because when Chelsea Lucas, the new head coach for Grambling Volleyball, took Took uh took the job. She has worked and worked them, and then she has gotten rid of every single player. All of them. All of them. Every single one. Walk-ons, scholarship players, does not matter. Gave them all the boot. Now they're entering the transfer portal. And I don't mean to say this like make light of it. This is a real situation where a lot of these players are at this specific school because of the sport that they play. They could have went a different school, you know, maybe if they just was focusing on academics, they would have went somewhere else. Or if maybe they were playing a different sport, they might have went somewhere else. But they're at Grambling to play volleyball, a lot of them. That's the reason that they chose Grambling. And now they're gone. And... We're gonna we're going to get into what some of the other players from Coach Lucas's past stops have said, and it seems like it's a pattern. It seems like it's a pattern, but I want to focus on maybe the worst or the most unfortunate group of people when it comes to this, and that would be the high school students because there's high school athletes who, when you know when you're getting recruited and you say, okay, I'm going to Grambling, a school like Southern, a school like UAPB, they might decide, okay, well, we're just not going to pursue you any longer. Completely understand it. Or we're not, not only we're we not going to pursue you, this scholarship that we were going to give to you is now going to go to somebody else. So from what I'm hearing, it seems like the high school students who were recruited to either told that they could be, you know, scholarship athletes or maybe even have a chance to walk on, that's done. Now the walk-on group group, they weren't never guaranteed anything anyway. However, those people who were coming from high school and had a scholarship, I feel bad for them because now you have to sit there and hope you're scrambling. Everybody's in limbo. Everybody's scrambling. But they thought they were coming there for sure. I think with scholarship players who are in college already, they kind of understand that their scholarship is year to year. And at any moment you could get cut, you could lose the scholarship. I think they all know that, but I don't think individually, I think they all know that individually, but I don't think that as a group, they thought, oh, well, we're all going to just leave. This mass exodus of Grambling Volleyball that was created 
by the coach. Mind you, it wasn't like everybody said we're, we're up and leaving. The coach got them out of there. So this is crazy. And I think the more disappointing part of it is that she was a Grambling alum, or she is a Grambling alum, and she played volleyball there. You would hope, I'm not going to say you would think, but you would hope that somebody who has been in the same position as these girls were in the same position as the girls that she's going to be coaching would have a little bit more compassion. This feels harsh. It feels harsh to get rid of everybody. And I'm not going to tell the coach how to do her job. If those aren't the players she wants, those aren't the players she wants. So that's what's kind of conflicting for me is, well, on one hand, no, I don't agree with that. I don't. But on the other hand, she's kind of has the has the right to do whatever she wants. Now, something that she does not have the right to do is some of the things she's being accused of. She's been accused of by past players, a lot of mistreatment. And I'm not going to get into all of it. However, she's been accused of overworking the players and listen, or overcoaching the players. Now, listen, they're athletes. I've seen somebody, you know, how you going to overwork an athlete when I was researching this. And at the end of the day, there is a line between overworking and just pushing a, a, a team to their limit, trying to get the best out of them, hard coaching. There's a difference between those things. And as a coach, I'm not in the position to where I have to tell you what the difference is. Don't ask me. I'm not going to tell you. But as a coach, you're supposed to know that line of, all right, I'm pushing them to the limits to, I'm overexerting them. I'm no longer getting the best out of them. You have to know that line. You have to walk that line. And they've been, she's been accused of mistreatment by, players at former stops she coached at Alcorn and she coached the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff before this she's been accused of that at those stops and as much as I want to say this is unheard of for somebody to just get rid of the whole team she was accused of doing that a player said she did that at Alcorn as well trying to just dissemble the team so this is kind of a motive for her and for some reason she likes to do that I won't critique her that much for that that's what she wants to do I think it's harsh I don't I don't like it it leaves a bad taste in my mouth but that's how she operates. That's what she does, apparently. And that's her MO, whatever. You know, that's a prerogative. That's how she likes to start off her program. All right, cool. It's all going to be on her now. You, whoever you get is on you. I don't care who it is. It's on you now. But they say the treatment's really poor. And for me, I sit there and I think, if you've written to the AD, which this player says she has, and you've written to multiple sources and nothing's happened, I'm not going to blame Grambling for that. I'm not, because I'm going to assume that if the athletic directors and the personnel of these former schools kind of swept it under the rug, didn't take serious action, then maybe it never got to Grambling. And I love Grambling. Believe it or not, I know I've talked about the Art Brow situation. I know I, I hit that a couple of episodes because I was passionate about it. I know I'm speaking on, this con speaking on this controversy now. I understand. These are news stories that are making waves. I got love for Grambling. Believe it or not, it's the God's honest truth. Right hand to the man. I got love for Grambling. It's like TSU, Big Gap, Grambling, and, you know, my other HBCUs. I got, I got Louisiana roots, all right? Ain't no hating Gramblers. Don't get that. Don't get that misconstrued. I got serious love for Gramblers. I want them to be able to fix this. I want them to answer for some of the things that is going on. I want them to speak on why they chose this coach. If she's getting so much backlash, she hasn't even coached the game yet. 
That's what I want. I want these type of questions answered out of Grambling. So if you're asking for what I'm looking for, I'm looking for somebody to speak on the accusations that she's facing. I need a defense of themselves. Don't just let it go. Don't let this. This isn't the Art Rouse situation. He's gone. She's going to be here seemingly for the foreseeable future. I think that somebody needs to get out ahead of this and say, well, this is not the coach that we know. This isn't how she operates. She might be, She might need to come out and say why she decided to tell everybody that we don't want this. We don't want you. I think those things would help because at least there's some understanding and there's your side being represented and not everybody else. I'm not, I, I have not heard coach Lucas speak on this. So I don't know what her thought process is. Other people have said it. I have one side of the story. I need the other side of the story. And I'm trying to be fair enough to allow coach Lucas to be able to express that. It's a lot of controversy. It's a development story, like we said, and we will continue to cover it going forward because there will be something that happens. At the worst, you got to get some players in there. You got to. But going forward, I will tell you about Virginia State because they're also looking for some players, but that's because they just put three new sports into their athletic program. I'm very excited to talk about this because I think it is a big move. But first, I want to tell you about a big move you need to make, and that's a move over to eating Built Bar because BuiltBar.com it, or excuse me, Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none. They have 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. And if I hand you a Built Bar, whatever flavor that you want, mind you, they have a multitude of flavors that you could choose from. But if I if I hand you one and you say, hmm, nice candy bar, I'm going to tell you it's a protein bar. And you're probably looking like, come on, you serious? Yeah, it's a protein bar. 17 grams of protein. But they're going to tell me it tastes too delicious. I understand because... I, too, used to think that taste and health benefits were mutually exclusive until I had a built Bar. And then I understood, oh, this tastes so good, but it's still good for me. And then I hand them the built Bar Puffs, and they're going to say, what? Marshmallow chocolate is still good for you? Yes. I don't know how they do it. They put protein in these things, and they make them scrumdiddlyumptious. I think that's a word. Uh, it's not a word. But they make it that. They, muck it, they make it scrumdiddlyumptious. <laughs> that's what built Bars are. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off your offer. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day in today's word of the day is Druthers, a word I had never heard of, but it means free choice or preference. I'm excited to see how we can finagle our way or finagle our, our, that word into today's episode. It should be it should be interesting. But first, I want to tell you about Virginia State because they just added three new sports that I think really sets them apart from the contemporaries. And that's women's soccer, men's lacrosse, and women's lacrosse. 
Now, I'll talk about each sport individually, but first I want to talk about it because I think that this is a move that sets them apart because no, not many, I'm not going to say nobody, but not many are doing this. Their mantra, greater happens here. And they're living up to that, not because they just added a greater amount of sports. I mean, I guess, technically, but it's because the sports that they added are unique. I'm specifically talking about lacrosse. And lacrosse is two of the sports, men's and women's. I'm specifically talking about that. But I, I do want to get into why each sport has their own uniqueness attached to it. I'm not going to just dismiss soccer as this run-of-the-mill sport. I won't do that. Now, they started off, well, before this announcement, they had 17 sports. They had eight for the men, nine for the women. Well, now, obviously, it gets to 20, but I'm not going to just do a math lesson. I'm going to tell you that is now nine sports for the men and 11 sports for the women. But that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for a math test or, or, or math quiz or anything of that nature. But I will say this is I thought that women's athletics or women's sports, excuse me, women's soccer was a regular occurrence. And it's it's not. So. Let's look at a couple of numbers that compare where each sport is as far as how many they they there are in the HBCU and Virginia landscape. So, and one good thing is that they they share a field. So that's really good. But first let's talk about it. You have Virginia State is the second CIAA member to have a women's soccer team. The second D2 school in Virginia to have one and the 8th D2 HBCU period, like anywhere in the country to have one, in 31st amongst uh, all HBCUs. Now, you see that last number grow a little bit. That's the reason I thought women's soccer was pretty much a mainstay, you know? I thought pretty much everywhere you go, you're going to have women's soccer. That was pretty regular. And 31 HBCU says that it kind of is, but you see the numbers start dwindling heavily. There's only 8 D2 HBCUs to have it. That means there was seven before this. They're the second school in their conference to have it. So they're not playing against people in their conference. We're going to remember that. Put that in your back pocket. And let's, let's, excuse me. And they are only the second D2, D2 school in Virginia to have it. Now let's move on to women's lacrosse and then men's lacrosse before I really have something to say about lacrosse. For women's, they're the first and only. Mind you, because this just happened. So they're the first and only school in the CIAA to have it. The only second, they're only the second D2 school in Virginia to have it. And then they're second D2 HBCU to have it, while only fifth. They're the only the fifth school, HBCU period, all across the country, all different levels to have a, a women's lacrosse team. Now, these numbers get even smaller when you get to men's lacrosse. They are the first school in the conference to have it. The first school, first D2 school in Virginia, the second D2 HBCU, and only the third HBCU of any level. And I think great because you look at all those numbers, they top five. They're all of them. Women's lacrosse, the, the latest that they are is the fifth overall HBCU. Everything else, they're top five first to do it, right? One of the first five or less to do that. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's a stigma that lacrosse just isn't a black sport. They're like, oh, that's a sport for white people. And if I had my druthers, right, my preference, I would say I would hope that nobody feels like they have to be pigeonholed or excluded from a sport because that's just not what they do. But I know there's probably somebody sitting at home like, 
Yeah, lacrosse looks fun, but who looks like me doing it? Nobody. Black folks don't play don't play lacrosse. Jim Brown played lacrosse, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure Jim Brown Jim Brown played lacrosse. And last I checked, Jim Jim Brown was a black man. But I think overall the stigma is that that's just not something that we do. Um, that's why I'm glad that it's here at HBCU because slowly that can go towards breaking down that that stereotype that oh well you know that's just not going to be a played sport it's just it just isn't so i like that virginia state did this and they're one of the first ones you see it they're the third hbcu period to have men's lacrosse fifth um hbcu period to have women's lacrosse it's not a sport that's prevalent in the hbcu uh athletics landscape it's just not i so i i really am appreciative that they did this i think it's a great move and it it applies a lot of diversity to the landscape. Now, when are these things going to start? Or when are these things going to start? The hope is that they kick it in. They're looking for a coach. Miss um, Peggy Davis, the associate vice president of athletics on the campus, is sitting there trying to find a coach right now to start in April or May. The The soccer, soccer field is going to be built up in May. They're going to play both lacrosse and soccer on that field. So I love the fact that they can share a field. It costs less. It's pretty cost efficient. It's really dope. I love it. Um, then let's see. So they're trying to start up in the fall, but they're going to start playing other competition in the spring that puts soccer in a kind of a weird position, but it sets up perfectly for the lacrosse teams because soccer's championships are September through December. In other words, you're not going to be playing other competition by the time that happens. So they're going to really ramp it up in, in the fall of 23 while lacrosse, they're a spring sport and their, their championships are from February to May. So they'll have an opportunity to play. Of course, they're a, they're a first-year program, so it's going to be really difficult to get into the playoffs in any of these sports, but they do at least have the opportunity. If for some reason they pull off in the relative movement in the first round, excuse me, in their first year. I'm still in March Madness mode. You got to forgive me. You got to forgive me. So I think another aspect of this that needed to be mentioned is that, yes, we're talking about the championships and when they are. However, there's not many schools in the CIAA that play any of these sports. So where is Virginia State going to play? Well, they're going to choose to play as independents because there's not competition within their conference. And I like that because they broke the mold. It said, I don't care that everybody else isn't doing this. I'm going to do this. And I already told you how I felt like that could be impactful as far as breaking down a stereotype. But forget these grandiose, you know, big ideas. Let's just applaud them for not just going to the norm, going with the norm. Not just saying, hey, the CIAA isn't doing it, so we're not going to do it either. That's what I mean when I say it completely set them apart from not just the CIAA, not just the D2 schools in in Virginia, the D2 schools in or the D2 HBCUs, but a lot of times from HBCUs, period. Remember, third and fifth, they're only the third program to start a men's uh, lacrosse team and the fifth program to start a women's lacrosse team. This is still rare extremely rare all the hbcus around and only five have one only three have the other they need to be applauded for all of this now another thing that needs to be applauded is howard just just first ever howard football their first ever woman to have a full-time position in the program feels crazy to say that but it is the truth and i'm going to tell you more about it on our feature friday but first let me tell you about betonline.net because march madness just ended it just finished however there are no breaks when it comes to betonline.net. See, it might have just ended, but the odds for next year, the way too early odds are already back. 
I think Arkansas has the best odds right now. Remember I told you when football season was just coming to a close, they already had the MVP odds for the next year. Yeah, they have that. So don't think that don't think that you can ever sleep. You can never rest because they're always rolling, rolling, rolling. But if you want something that's going to get you a more immediate payout, then look at the NBA season. It's still going. It's winding down. You have a couple of people jockeying for position. My Pelicans are going to be in the playing game, playing against the Spurs. Sorry, Lakers fan. Go ahead, go on to Cancun. Um, but whatever, if that's what you want to do, I heard that the weather's nice right now. But for all of the things that you could possibly need to bet on, whether it's playing game, uh, Ja Morant point totals in his first playoff game of the year, whatever you want to do, I think that betonline.net is the best place to go for it. So remember to bet at betonline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, our feature Friday is about Janice Pettyjohn because she is the first ever woman to be hired by Howard Football at a, at a full-time position. It's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. I mean, I know that we're still here, but just hearing it and saying it out loud is like, wow. And I personally am an advocate for women in sports because I don't think anybody deserves to be pigeonholed. I talked about it in the last segment let's not pigeonhole people into certain roles or certain things like oh well you know that's not your lane that's just not what y'all do i'm sorry no nah, women don't work in sports there's a there's a group of people who feel like women shouldn't work in sports and y'all i, I ain't gonna lie y'all make me sick but for me i don't think that you should have women in sports only work with other women in sports because some people will tolerate it, be like okay well she has to work with women because she's a woman Nah, let women work in male sports. Let women work or cover male sports. Like, make this regular. It doesn't need to be an odd thing. I don't understand people who have gripes about that. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's a male-driven league, a male-driven sport. It doesn't need to be a male-exclusive sport. Those those two terms aren't the same. You can have a male-driven sport. You can have a lot of guys playing. That does not mean it has to be only guys covering it. I, I just don't understand that way of thinking. I don't. And I don't think that women should be relegated to only playing or covering women's basketball if that's what they want to cover. I just I just strongly disagree with that. So I love this type of move, and I'm glad that Howard did it. It's crazy that it's the first time in history that they've done it, but I love that they have done it. And when looking at uh, Petty John's history or journey here, it's as cool as this. Like, I can't wait till this happens so regular that it's not like a historic event. And it's not something that we cover every time. But in the meantime, I'm going to cover it because the story is cool to me. And y'all know how I love storytelling. Feature Friday is like when we really get to get into our storytelling bag. So I love this. Let's talk about her journey because it's cool. I, I think it's just as cool as the accomplishment. So let's talk about her journey. And it's one that was really supposed to involve sports. She couldn't play when she was young because of a health issue where she literally could not play, right? And then because she's she's in middle school, like what, 12, 13, I think. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in middle school, but I think you like 12, 13 in middle school. And 12, 13-year-olds don't want to go home right after school. They want to get an extracurricular activity so you can stay around. Less time you have to be at the house, right? And her extracurricular activity was managing the sports or managing the basketball team. It wasn't what she wanted to do. She's an artsy person. Put that in your back pocket. 
right? Because she's an she's an artsy person. We're gonna use that letter. And she ends up managing the basketball team, seventh, eighth grade, falls in love with it. Says she didn't even realize that she was falling in love with it. Gets to high school. Now she's managing the football team. Her responsibilities begin to grow. That's kind of what she does. She's she does that all four years, I believe. And even the coach said, hey, we put a lot of stuff on and she was super organized, always took care of everything. I didn't have to worry about a thing on game day. Mind you, she's a, she's a teenager at this point. She's in high school. And this is how the head coach is speaking about her. So now she gets to to um, Howard. And you would think that her that role of her life, that part of her life is pretty much done. She's in sports ministry, sports medicine. Excuse me. She's in the sports medicine res residency. And she in the minoring in sociology, but this wasn't what she was supposed to do. But as she got there, she gets brought on as a graphic designer for sports. Now, remember, I told you she fell in love with, with doing the managing and everything in seventh, eighth grade. And then she was an artsy person as a kid when she couldn't play sports. She was an artsy person. Now you get to combine art and sports as a graphic designer for the football team. Then as the new head coach come in, her, her responsibilities begin in a positive way. It wasn't like, all right, look, I know the old coach used to do this, but we don't really need you anymore. No, it was the old coach you had you doing this. Over here and over here and over here and over there. That's what happened. And I thought it was beautiful. She says she's working with so many people, working with the play-by-play, -play, working with the uh, SID, amongst others. There's a bunch of other people that she was working with, but just bouncing everywhere and doing all of the stuff. At one point, she said she felt like they weren't treating her like a student, more like an adult. Well, when she graduates, she's supposed to go to medical school. But in her heart of hearts, she realized this just ain't for her. She's not she's not meant to go to medical school. So because she wasn't meant to go to medical school, she's kind of like, OK, what do I do? They offer a full time position. That's how we get here now. A full time position as the athletic, excuse me, as the director of on campus recruiting. So now no more feeling like you're not a student or not treated like a student, treated like an adult. Well, now you're an employee. You're exactly what it was. They were absolutely preparing her to take this role. And when she didn't want to go to medical school, this happened. She's on a staff with people 20, 30 years, her elder, soaking up all of the, the information that they can have, all of the experience. I love it because she's already worked so hard, done so many different things. This, this path did not feel like it was meant to land here. She went to art. She just didn't want to go home. You went from just not wanting to go home at the end of the day to having the first or being the first woman to ever have a full-time position on the Howard football team. That's crazy. That's crazy. I'll say it again. Janice Pettyjohn went from being a kid, 12, 13 years old, who just didn't want to go home, so got into an extracurricular activity managing the basketball team. And when... Things felt like they turned or whatever. The end result was her being the first woman ever to have a full-time position on the Howard football staff. That's absolutely ridiculous to me, and I love it. I hope to continue giving you stories like this every Friday because I love storytelling. I've told you this once. I'll tell you this again. I absolutely love storytelling. So continue making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day, just like today. Not just on Fridays, but every day, all right? <laughs> because I want to continue sharing these stories and things of this nature with you on next week's episode. We're going to be talking about Savannah state hiring a new football coach because not too many people or there's some people who just aren't that happy about it. And 
I want to get into why the decision was made and everything of that nature. For your second listen of the day, check out Locked On NFL Draft with Eric Crocker, former NFL and AFL cornerback, and Ryan Tracy giving you everything that you need for rounds one through seven. Don't just have those mock drafts. There's 32 picks. They're going to sit there and break down all 200 and some odd picks that you will be seeing. Now, me, you can catch me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.